0: Welcome to the Meteor Strike Podcast, where we talk about interesting Meteor packages and other community contributions that make the Meteor JavaScript framework great. This is Episode 7 for Monday, February 1st, 2016. And of course, the... uh Release schedule is a little different. We um, we've had a crazy couple of weeks here, Tecto. Yes, we have. So um, so we're going to go ahead and release this thing on a Monday. We normally we have been releasing on Thursdays, so we may. I'm
1: not. I'm not sure the internet is queued up every Thursday with bated breath waiting for this to drop yet. Probably
0: but, not. But they might be getting. There. But over time, they might. Over time, yeah. it might confuse them. Um, but at any rate, I think uh, I think the internet will accept the podcast for Monday, regardless. So I hope so. So we'll we'll roll with that. Uh today we are talking about a package that I found that was um that's uh, pretty interesting. And uh it is uh this is a package uh by Franco uh Katina. And uh, no
1: idea if we're saying that right.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure, but uh Franco has written some really cool packages, it looks like, and um for Meteor. This one is the status package. Um and and it's pretty slick. So, um, so let's dig in a little bit and talk about that. Um,
1: so this one is, uh, related to the whole, um, almost re architecture of client server in JavaScript, um, with, uh, WebSockets. Everything that's happening in, in, uh, you know, Meteor's just one example, but everything that's happening in the world of HTML5 and everything that is almost recreating the uh, desktop world of a decade or two back.
0: Yep. And, um, and so, kind of like, um, you know, tag, tagging off of that, it's it's real, it's real funny. Like cer- certain meteor apps can go offline and reconnect and be happy, I well, don't even notice. Yeah,
1: it's almost like but, if you're doing, uh, if you were doing an app that was doing data collection, or you're writing something, and uh, you can just kind of continue to aggregate it offline, and then once uh, your connection's reestablished, then push it all back up to the server. That that kind of scenario is an app where uh, there's an offline an offline usage makes sense, but then there are apps where it just there's no point. the the entire functionality is is dependent on an internet connection.
0: Yep, just shut it down. Um, So a a good example is um and this is this is probably where I actually uh, found this package through. Although I saw it in Atmosphere too, uh, is Rocket Chat uses this uh, package and it gives you a you know folks know that Rocket Chat is a I think folks know out there by now, uh Rocket Chat is a fairly popular meteor, uh well call I'll call it a Slack clone, but I I'd, I'd say that's not even completely fair because they're definitely trying to do some of their own things. But um but this will give you the familiar message at the top that says uh waiting for server connection, trying again in X amount of seconds, or a uh link that says try now.
1: Yep. That's uh that one piece of uh, user experience, because it's not this isn't purely UI, this is really um, informing the user of what's going on so that they don't get frustrated. So that's user experience is a, a important piece of of Slack's functionality and not getting frustrated in that environment. And anything remotely real time or uh, internet network connection dependent, having something like this is pretty key.
0: Yeah, in a chat system, it definitely is key to to stay connected. Uh, I mean, even if even if a, a chat program lets you continue to type and that sort of thing it's still going to have to sync up later and you lose context of where you're at. Cause once it reconnects a, a bunch of other conversations and things may have happened. Right. So you may not want that. Um, but I would also say that this is UI and UX, which makes it UIX.
1: Oh, well I'm so. not saying there's no UI. I'm just saying that this is, this is really critical to user experience. But yes, since we, uh, since we've internally, maybe not the only ones to ever do this, but internally started, Messing around with UI and UX and just calling it UIX. Just call it UIX. What's um, the difference? Yes, I think we can uh, get I that, probably just that phrase out there. probably
0: just a few people listening out there. But. Well,
1: you know, it's important to distinguish between the two because if you can't describe what's different about them, then you, you might use them incorrectly. Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a great user experience uh, item to have. Uh, so as opposed So to, what is the
1: difference between UI and UX?
0: I will give you my kind of layman's
1: terms. No, no, no. There's a there's a famous answer. To oh, this. oh, oh. What? What's
0: the, Oh, you mean where you just <laughs> what's say the what's guess? the difference? No, no, no. What's the oh, difference? Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, you can ask me. You don't remember the answer, do you? <laughs> we I don't remember saw the this answer. at the uh, well, the fusion conference. Well, wasn't the, it?
0: at the conference we went to, and this yes. was this was at Microsoft campus in Charlotte, North Carolina. But yeah. we there was a presenter, and, and the presentation was good. But she kept saying, "What is the difference between UI and UX?" And I never heard the answer.
1: No, no, no. The answer that she expected, because she gave it in the beginning of the presentation, yeah. was simply that they are not the same thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. They not this, the circular, uh, they're not the same. There's this circular definition. She kept saying they're not the same thing. <laughs> what's the difference? The difference is that they're not the same thing.
0: Which is kind of like, you know, not really answering the question at uh, hand.
1: Completely not answering the question. But she was very yeah. she was very happy with this particular part of her presentation. Well, good.
0: I'll save everybody for my layman's explanation. I think... I. I, I no, think, the
1: layman's explanation would surely be better. All
0: right. Well, to me... Uh, UI is talking about how the widgets are laid out on the page, and the the you know that that's just the way it looks. The user interface. This is the interface. Here's the buttons. Here's the things, and the user experience ties into um, when the user actually uses those buttons and those things and those widgets laid out. Is the experience high? Do they feel good? Are they getting does what they need sense. done? Does yes. it make sense? Um, is, is it, it frustrating pleasant or is it pushing them away? Yeah. Is it frustrating? Is it, uh, is it Windows versus OS ten? Is it you know whatever? Um, I had to throw one in there. Yeah, I um, heard it. So um so yeah that's that's the way I feel about it and uh, I know uh I know I know bio would probably give a much much uh, fancier explanation than I would. And it would
1: sound incredible. It would
0: sound great. We got to get him on the podcast. Yes. Um so anyway, th- what's cool about this uh this this uh this little package is that uh it it basically supports a number of different templates uh templating um uh systems but like um I think Bootstrap it says is the default, um, but others have others in the community, and this is great uh, uh, thing for open source. Uh, have created semantic UI, Materialize UI Kit, and Foundation support that um, you can add on. But it's it's real simple. You just uh, create a custom template if you want, and uh, you set the template so that um, you set up the template so so that Status is aware. Um, and then there's some there's some classes you can change and stuff. Of course you can you can change some styles and things like that, like you would expect. Um, but, um, but it does give quite a bit of flexibility out of the box. So you could use this in a mobile context, a desktop context.
1: And it's also um, thankfully prepared for international use. there's yep. already a large number of translations out there, which and, is huge. Um, that helps a lot. Cause guess what? That is exactly the kind of
0: message from a user experience standpoint that you would want translated to Correct. another language. If, yes. if that was your first language. Um, definitely definitely um it's great to have everything translated, but there are certain key things that would be helpful and I think knowing that you 've lost connection to the server
1: would', it's would fairly be fairly important, yeah. especially in something like rocket chat
0: yeah and again these uh translations are um uh are all over the map i mean folks have contributed um the different translations and that 's awesome that that 's kind of a standard deal you see that a lot of times um in open source communities when it comes to uh translations but um, but I would, uh, I would say check this out. If, if you're running something that, that really can't go offline and it's important right. for the it's, user it's to know, it's sensitive to internet connection. Then I would definitely check this out and it's super flexible and looks like it's a pretty cool project. And, um, it looks like it's even had some, some language commits, uh, as recent as 17 days ago. Uh, some internet, inter- internationalization. There you go.
1: That's a mouthful. <laughs> um,
0: commit so uh so check this one out and uh we will be back either later this week or next week don't know yet but we'll have another but uh, we'll be back we will be back you can, with another episode you can trust that of another episode uh of meteor strike uh everybody have a have a great week
1: i'll talk real slow like that uh